Okay, it looks like everything is working this time around. <laughs> yeah, guys, sorry about last week. Uh, <laughs> you know, my fault for uh, doing an update to OBS and uh, I had to switch things around uh, using another streaming platform, but I think we're good here. Uh, I'm just going to listen in. Uh, please, everybody, let me know if, you know, the audio is coming in or not. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, it sounds pretty good on my end, but anyways, guys, what is going on, and welcome to another episode of the Xbox Roundtable podcast, uh, this is show number 245, we go into everything Xbox, and a little more from around the video game industry, this is Invader, and naturally, it's great to see you all here as more people start filing in. Hey, you fuzzy, how you doing? Pixel Slapper, buddy, what's up? You know, great to see you here. Uh, we got all kinds of things to cover tonight. Uh, let's see, we got, uh, you know, the Google Stadia. It appears to be no more. Uh, we'll go into Google shutting down its... Very, very, very short-lived console and service. Uh, also, we will talk about Microsoft making a big splash for a Japanese publisher, possibly. That's what uh, the rumors are saying. Who could they be after? Well, you know, we'll give our thoughts on that. As well, lots of talk surrounding 343 Industries moving on already from the subspace engine and more. We will dive into that. However, let me introduce everybody on the show tonight, starting off with, um, but yeah, sorry, Centurion, um, I don't know, otherwise, sorry, uh, just to continue on from what you're saying, how is uh, the past week going for you? Doing pretty good, man, uh, productive week, got things done, uh, work, got some content out, and I've been kind of trying to complete Mass Effect 2 to get the Mass Effect 3, but... I'm a little bit of a completionist, so of course you gotta visit every planet, do every side mission, collect all the crap you can before you start trying to start the end game. Because depending on how you play the end game, totally changes the whole situation. So uh, definitely trying to get that all dialed in so I can finally complete Mass Effect Two. All right, very good, very good. And of course, since uh, we missed you there uh, because of the audio blip, uh, Crusader, I know you're. At a wedding uh, between two friends, but uh, yeah, please repeat your intro for us. Yeah, you know this, this week. This week was good. Had a wedding for two of my uh, dearest friends in the whole wide world this weekend. That was that was really good, really good. Uh, and I've started Spooktober, so I'm playing a bunch of spooky games for the October. I'm playing through like all the super massive games. I'm starting with Until Dawn. I'm gonna play the the Dark Pictures and everything and. I'm going to play playing like Resident Evil and uh, Little Nightmares and a bunch of other uh, leading up to um, Plague Tale, Plague Tale Requiem. So excited for that. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I've been playing through a bunch of Deathloop. And if anybody's been watching my channel recently, I've been doing all kinds of uh, achievement guides for that achievement and trophy. And let's see. Moving on down the list here. Eric Shockley, buddy. How's the, the past week been for you? Pretty good. Ready to get into these uh, topics, but yeah, you know, makes me uh, uh, sorry. Who who just said it? Was it Centurion? Or, uh, <laughs> but I'm I'm thinking it was like I need to get back to that Resident Evil uh, remake. <laughs> I think I was like halfway through, so it's probably a good month to finish that out on the uh, on the GameCube. So, 
All right. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Um, General MLD will be joining us shortly, fellas, as well. Timmy, I believe, is going to be here tonight. So uh, don't worry. We should have a full house as far as I know. But uh, a reminder to everyone just to share this show out and to give it a like. And uh, hey, every little bit helps. And we would love to have more people here with us just to join the conversation. And, of course, we appreciate it all here. But, guys, uh, let's see what. Uh, to start off with what to start off with um all right well we will start off with some news that's been making the rounds and it seems like microsoft are not well they're just not going to be stopping their acquisitions uh with the activision deal still going through the ringer it seems like they want to make a big splash in japan by buying a big publisher or even a, a couple of smaller studios but it seems like they have their eye on something really massive now this comes from Imran Khan uh, during the latest Giant Bomb podcast and he stated that Microsoft talked with major Japanese publishers about acquisitions I can't speak on how far those conversations got, but they are very clearly interested in some Japanese publishers and smaller studios. So, I mean, you know, take it with a grain of salt, but some interesting reports coming out there. Uh, Eric Shockley, buddy, I'll kick things off with you on this one. We know that Microsoft and Xbox, they're very active in securing Eastern content, specifically from Japan. Uh, what do you think uh, about Xbox trying to uh, like court these publishers, like a well-known one? Uh, do you think that like there's uh, one specifically on their radar, or is it just like anybody? Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I, I mean, if if I had to think, just kind of, kind of going back to like the past ones that they've done. I mean. Sega in a way would make sense obviously since there's been you know they actually helped bring like final or uh, fantasy star online to to the to the west um and I think I've you know signed other deals uh for trying to bring out branching out their games uh or their uh I think there was that project they had that we still don't know about um uh, but that they've signed deals to use uh, Azure uh for the cloud services so I mean that one would kind of make sense since they're already you know having some ties there, um, and you know if it's it's just one that th those things where you, sometimes it's more of a perfect storm like trying to see which one it's going to be like with Bethesda you kind of clearly saw signs that hey either probably they're going to cut some <laughs> cut some uh, of the fat or you know cut some of those studios loose or possibly you know just shrink down a little bit um you know if and then you're seeing that and then okay well we could get bought out and then okay then we have the funding we don't have to worry about closing down studios or kind of trimming them down um so i think that's kind of a good sign as far as like to pinpoint which one it's going to be um but i i could definitely see them like starting off with some smaller ones um obviously they already kind of have tango with you know because they got bethesda um i could see them maybe like seeing if they could start small or either grassroots ones or takes ones that are already kind of uh doing their own thing um kind of like uh trying to think of that game obviously this is i don't even think it's a japanese developer i think it's either uh 
Korean developer, but I'm just that in general, just like uh, more of a Asian uh, feel. What's that game? The they just changed the name. That's a supposed to be a PlayStation exclusive now. Uh, it was something Blade, I think, but it used to be called something else. But I could see them taking like smaller projects like that, where you know it's a smaller dev making, you know, it's kind of that uh, mid-tier, like double A, but you know, kind of like Hellblade, where it's like, hey, it's double A, but you know, it could you know give the presence of a triple A game. Um, so I mean, that would kind of make sense, kind of doing that type of deal, which they've kind of done anyway with uh, some of the other studios that they've acquired, other than like. Ninja, uh, Ninja Theory, um, so that would definitely make sense. So it, that way, it's not like someone trying to shut down. <laughs> like if they try to w go after like uh, Sega, obviously it might be harder for that to go through uh, in Japan. Um, you know, to get that to go through and regulators and all that. Whereas if they try to get a smaller studio, kind of like how probably Bethesda acquired like uh, you know Tango you know, that probably wasn't hard at all because, um, you know, them being much smaller, you're not, the, the whole, I think that whole Japanese uh, legal document is more protecting, like if someone tried to grab, uh, like Microsoft tried to grab Konami, you know, for example, or, well, Konami makes a lot of their, like, mm -hmm. medical equipment, so they would definitely not allow that to happen um, because that's more uh, important to, like, their economy or to just, like, them you know in general just there's uh you know cities or civilization like their medical equipment uh whereas a video game studio they're probably not going to give two you know two shits about um <laughs> it's not going to affect them on a economy base of like hey it's destroying our you know it's really manipulating our economy because this one this company acquired you know a, a gaming publisher it's not uh whereas if someone acquired like you know some of their other bigger um, companies that make other things like how Konami makes medical equipment, not just, you know, well, they don't make video games really anymore, but, um, but just stuff like that. So I, that would definitely be easier to get through, especially right after this, uh, uh Activision deal goes through, maybe not makes too many bigger, you know, too large waves. Um, although, you know, they, <laughs> I'm sure they're still well, well, far away from a monopoly. So, I mean, if there's some, if there's somebody for the taking, so if there's somebody for the taking, sorry, <laughs> overspoke myself. Um, if you know, if the if the opportunity presents itself, kind of like how Activision did and kind of Bethesda did in a way, you know, I could definitely see them going after something bigger. If, you know, if that just happens to, you know, go that way. Obviously, Square's been trimming the fat to, you know, mm -hmm. hey, uh, you know, probably wanting Sony to buy them or someone just in general to. To buy them it kind of seems like that's what they're doing so that could be a perfect storm i don't know if they have close enough relation where they would where they i'm, I'm thinking they would probably just go with sony and just take possibly the lesser money it just depends like if, obviously if the people in charge there would obviously want to go for the bigger payout you know if they had to come to a, a bidding war but you know they do have a closer relation so maybe they'll you know, side with like Sony or someone like that over Microsoft. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because there's so many different publishers and studios to choose from. A lot of notable ones. 
you know, I mean, like you said, there's a couple that we can probably throw out of this conversation, such as Konami, you know, for obvious reasons. Uh, Square Enix is also kind of a funny one, too, because, I mean, don't they have, like, uh, there's other, isn't there, like, other parts to their, uh, they're not just video games, obviously, yeah. they have other parts, right? They do manga and anime stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, anime, yep. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, I want to throw them out of the conversation, but at the same time, eh, you never know. Um, I mean, like, you look at what Khan was saying, too, and he says that Xbox Game Pass, for example, like, will come to be... Well, it's going to come to a point where licensing costs will be so high that it makes sense for Microsoft to simply just buy studios to utilize ips kind of like the whole like what netflix was doing so like right now they're getting a whole bunch of these japanese uh, publishers and studios onto game pass right now they've been making these deals uh for example uh they had there's a bunch of level five games that have come such as nino kuni uh sega atlas Bandai Namco, I mean, I could go on, but those are some notable ones. Sega so, would give them a, a slew with, like, Atlas. Like, Atlas been making <laughs> those types of games for, you know, decades. So they could just, if they had, if they went that route, they would just have, like, an endless supply of Japanese RPGs that many gamers just have never touched. So that would just be a huge, you could <laughs> even take some of those and, you know, do a re nice remaster which won't cost you much polish it re-release it on game pass like it's basically a new to kind of like how you're seeing a sweet it in you know come out or sweet it in two being remastered and reworked so that'd be a slew of a uh, jrpg content that you know they're kind of missing so mm -hmm. and sega's well a fan favorite i guess you could say like i know a lot of people have been talking about sega basically ever since the dreamcast went away so uh for microsoft to uh gobble up uh sega and so on but i mean that yeah that would be an obvious choice but i don't know i mean maybe there's another studio or publisher out of left field that we're not thinking about here um but you never know uh let's see uh centurion bud you've been kind of quiet over there i i would love to get your opinion on this because I know it's a very bloated topic, but again, it just keeps on coming up, and you got guys like Imram Khan, Jeff Grubb, they have a lot of sources, uh, they have a, you know, they talk to people behind the scenes, and uh, I don't know, there seems to be a lot more rumblings now, especially you look at what Phil Spencer was saying back a couple of weeks ago, Tokyo Game Show, uh, what are your thoughts here, because it just seems to me like, you know, after this Activision deal's done, we're gonna be seeing something coming from, uh, yeah, Japan. As far as Microsoft buyouts go. Um. So, you know, let's just at least say it. You know, Microsoft has done, uh, has made some pretty big, um, at least a uh, forward momentum over in the Western market. They have outsold the Xbox One already with the Xbox Series S and the Series X. Um, we also know that Microsoft, in the end wants uh game pass to be like that that major household item that everybody needs to have so that way uh my you know if we really think about it like back to the original xbox the og xbox 
the main reason why Bill Gates signed off on that to even be created was because he wanted to have a, a basically a foothold uh, in the living room. And that Game Pass is something to that that testament of where, um, you know, we're starting to see televisions that have the Game Pass app. There's rumors about a, a dongle that will come out eventually that you'll be able to plug in the back of your TV and have access to Game Pass. Um, and the focus on wanting a Western developer would just help bolster um, the ability to have content on there for the Western, mar um, excuse me, the Eastern market. I keep saying Western, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> so I mainly, I mean the Eastern market, my bad. Um, and that's where definitely they, you, we already know that Microsoft um, has been heavily invested in the Western market. Um, one of the big shortcomings for Microsoft when it comes to being too invested into the Western market is um, me and Stubbs have talked about it. Stubbs is over there in the UK, so he hears a little bit more from that part of the world. And um, Microsoft has a big problem with localization, with being able to create games from, that are basically uh, voiced and everything. that, And so that way it, it appeals to the the people over in the eastern markets they don't want to have a game that has like pretty much horribly acted out english that has no merit to their culture over there um and so this is something that i hope microsoft is using as a step in the right direction i think this is something that they already wanted to do but when active like the situation with activision totally came out of left field um, we saw Activision being uh, served with lawsuits from uh, numerous government agencies uh, for all the things that Bobby Kotick and the leadership over there have let happen under their watch. Um, the unionization of Activision with the developers over there. It was a perfect storm to create a very unforeseen opportunity, and Microsoft was there to hop on that opportunity as soon as they saw it occur which is where I think that they probably paused some of the direction that they were already looking to make over in the Eastern market. Um, and now we're starting to hear those rumblings that once the Activision deal is done, um, that they're probably going to go back into that mode of where they wanted to continue what they started. Um, and there's definitely a market for these games. There is people that ask for, games uh of an eastern nature they have a different play style they have a different way of creating uh stories and art um and there is a big portion of the community that would love to see this come to xbox in a much larger role uh for years now we've seen sony dominate uh the gaming industry with uh the fact that most of the eastern uh gaming world uh publishes games on the playstation and this is where Microsoft can really kind of start correcting some of that and getting some of those titles here on the Xbox ecosystem. And yeah, um, Microsoft, this is where um, I know people can say, well, why don't they just pay for licensing and, you know, just buy these games the same way PlayStation does? Well, Microsoft is not PlayStation. They have a total different uh, way of doing business. They have a different goal set than PlayStation. And one of the ways that Microsoft uh, conducts themselves is they would prefer to own the companies they deal with because they've been burned in the, in the past by Platinum Games, 
um, letting other developers like Lionhead uh, basically take money and you know we saw nothing as a result of that so as a result of Microsoft's past it is totally changed how they they conduct themselves in the gaming industry and looking to purchase a company is more of what Microsoft does they're not out there trying to make these 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 deals uh, in these boardroom deals with these companies, they would just rather own them. And I know game pass is a big reason for that because they want game pass to appeal to all gamers across the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing too, right? It's getting more people to play their games, at, whether it's in the Xbox ecosystem or not. I mean, I mean, PC game pass is a big win too, for some developers as well. Um, yeah, I mean, over the past couple of years, I would say the last two or three in particular, Xbox has really made strides with, like, Eastern games. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of Japanese games slowly but surely. I mean, I wish the process was uh, a little speedier, to say the least. I mean, we've kind of known, for example, that Persona was coming. There has been lots of little teases, but... Uh, finally, finally, we're getting uh, some Persona games coming. I think uh, what one's coming in November, if I'm not mistaken. No, it's next. It's this month. Oh, it is this month. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Persona. Persona Five Royal. All right. I know you're all all on it, Shockley. So <laughs> I don't have too. Yeah. I don't have too much uh, in. I don't have too much experience playing games from that that type of game style from that part of the world, other than playing Final Fantasy. You know, the big big titles. I've heard a lot of people talk about Persona 5 and I've never felt the urge to go out and buy it. Um, but this is where Game Pass uh, definitely shines uh, in these types of situations where you have somebody like me who's hesitant to invest their money into a, a, a style of gaming they're not very familiar with. And I'm looking forward to Persona 5 coming to Game Pass because now I'll be able to check this out and see what everybody's talking about to see if it's something for me. It's like a satanic uh, Pokemon. That's what it is. I, for me, it's more <laughs> like, right? That's where I'm not too sure. Like, I'm going to say right now, um, I, I'm i not saying I hate Pokemon. It's just not my cup of tea. Don't get me wrong. I saw the Pokemon movie with Ryan Reynolds and where he played Pikachu. I mean, like, I, I have dealings of knowing what Pokemon is, but I've never wanted to get into that kind of gaming. What intrigues me about Persona 5, I guess, was the story synapse that I heard that, you know, these are just your average everyday teenagers and you go through the mundane, their mundane life during the day where they go to school and everything else. But apparently when they go home at night, they somehow fight the forces of evil in their dreams. And I'm just like, well, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it's an interesting title. And uh, I know a lot of people that are interested in playing that on Xbox platforms. Again, like there is a lot of good going on. Uh, honestly, with Xbox courting. And judging by Phil Spencer and uh, Sarah Bond's comments over the last couple of weeks, I think we'll be seeing a whole bunch more uh, Japanese games coming in the near future, uh, whether that be uh, like just through third-party deals or, you know, even maybe a couple of exclusive titles. I think there were some hints there, but eh, we'll see in the near future. Uh, Crusader, I know you've been patiently waiting to uh, chime in on this one. I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on uh, these statements coming from Imram Khan or even Jeff Grubb? Because uh, I know it can be a little loaded uh, hearing these uh, 
comments about, oh, Xbox is going to buy such and such developer or even publisher. But I don't know. It seems to be, you know, there seems to be a lot of credibility behind these things. These people are, you know, in the know. You know, they have the right sources. And it just, you know, it keeps popping up. Oh, what are your thoughts, pal? Yeah, see, I, I still don't really see them buying a large-scale publisher in Japan. I, I, there's there's too many hurdles to go through with buying a large publisher in the Japanese space because they are not a Japanese company themselves, right? It, it's not not that they can't. It's just not an easy process. It's, it's a very difficult process for them as an American company. Now, it's easier for them as an American company than, say, some, uh, like a, a Chinese company or um, so in some other blocks. But um, I, I don't. I do see uh, the potential for a large-scale EA-like uh, partnership with some of the large ones because people forget that like they have a large-scale bulk agreement with EA for EA Play, right? Like we we see that, uh, and we see EA games come all the time. You know, they're basically guaranteed after a year. I see potential for agreements like that, especially with Sega. Now that basically. It seems like every studio under Sega is now directly supporting Xbox. Atlas was the last major holdout. There might be some small ones. Um, I, I could see Sega selling off their their Western studios to Xbox because that, uh, to be honest, for the most part, the uh, uh, Relic mostly works with Xbox, right? The Relic is the developers of uh, Age of Empires four, if I'm not mistaken, or yeah, four, if I'm not That's mistaken. That's correct. Um. And th like th those are studios that again fill a niche that they don't fill that Eastern niche that that Microsoft needs, right? But they do fill a huge niche because at this time they don't actually have an in-house developer that develops their RTSs. They have they have a production company inside that we count as one of their studios that mm -hmm. manages external studios for the Age of Empires series. So I, I could see something like that happening personally, just because for the most part Sega. You know, they they license out Relic, right? They don't do a whole lot of stuff internally. I think the only thing they really do internally anymore is Company of Heroes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and But I see this more as look towards the ID at Xbox program and look at the Japanese studios that they are working with on the ID at Xbox program, the ones that they can kind of claim as like the grassroots style, and look at developers who they get very friendly with and expect them to work out publishing agreements where they own the IPs and they basically own every aspect about it and, and things like that. Um, I think they will give Platinum Games another chance. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do. I, I think they will give them another chance to publish something. Um and I, I think that a really big one you should keep your eyes on are the um that they're called a uh, pocket pair. They are currently making Pal World, mm -hmm. and they made Craftopia. They seem to be very very close to Microsoft because they keep putting stuff into Game Pass directly. They talk about how much they love it and how it works really well, and they they make they they, they make. A very good cross between a Western game and like and, and an Eastern game. Like Power World is based, it's Pokemon, but it's also kind of like a Minecraft-like game, right? It's a, it's a it's a survival crafting game, but there's also Pokemon in it. And the Pokemon have guns. Um, and so when I'm looking at that, I'm looking at them picking up talent and them maybe not even directly working with studios, but like working to acquire some talent and open some studios, maybe expand Tango 
Um, and I, I think they are definitely try. They definitely would like to purchase directly in in Japan. I just I, I don't see a lot of that happening at, at the high level. I just I, I really don't. I, I could see some EA Play style stuff happening. Like I could see I could see Sega coming to Game Pass, right? And basically them coming in bulk, and it would be cheaper for Microsoft to do that because instead of licensing an individual thing and having to license each individual thing separately they're paying one large bulk fee to get like all of sonic all of yakuza all of um uh persona and shin megami tensei and you know basically company heroes and you know all, all that stuff um but th that would be where i would keep my eyes on the large-scale publishers expect some like publishing agreements for for some stuff expect uh large scale um large scale licensing and then expect their moves to acquire to be on the on the smaller the smaller end so that they can kind of grass uh grassroots grow them mm. yeah i mean no you make some good points there i mean the only thing i would say is that you know what i don't count xbox and microsoft out of anything at this point <laughs> like honestly um i understand like the issues obviously with acquiring studios uh from japan but we're talking about the same company that's you know in the middle of purchasing activision blizzard king for like just a bit over 80 billion dollars so and that was with them getting sure. a, a bit is, of a sale <laughs> is anything they could buy in japan mm -hmm. as valuable to them as a company as that like is anything worth worth putting up that level of fight? Because that's what the, that's the level of fight they'd have to put up with the Japanese government, mm -hmm. yes. right? Like, like that. And so, is anything worth that level of fight for anything that big? And that's that's the question you got to ask. Mm -hmm. I mean, Sega and Xbox do have a very good relationship, yeah. and again, there was you know back in early November, I remember us reporting on something that you know they. Uh, what was it? it I, I forget the exact nature of it, but there was like a closening of the companies. Yes. So they announced a partnership for Azure for them to use in their super game project. Yeah, that's right. I believe is what it's called. This, I believe they call it their super game project. It's supposed to be like a big live service game. Uh, supposedly, I believe the first the first entry in their super games project. Is supposed to be from Creative Assembly, I think. Maybe, yeah. Um, and I I've heard it might be related to Jet Set Radio, but that also might just be a totally different thing. I I've heard that something's up with Jet Set Radio. So, um, but yeah, so they, they they partnered, and I believe Sarah Bond is the intermediary, not someone on the the Azure team directly, but it is Sarah Bond from Xbox that's supposed to be their intermediary. And they're supposed to be using Azure to make this project work and happen. All right. All right. That's very interesting to know. You know, I mean, okay, Sega, as it was mentioned in the chat, they have a lot of IPs, a lot of valuable IPs. Yes. So, I mean, I, I could see Xbox going after them. If there was one big publisher that they would really be determined to get it would probably be them in my opinion i mean capcom would be great capcom would be a great get but i mean i just find them to be closer to sony nowadays anyways 
Um, I wonder actually how much Sega would be nowadays. Anyways, is there a from like a public value? Yeah, yeah. I just I I'd be curious to see what their valuation is presently, because Xbox is just sitting on Microsoft just sitting on a load of cash at the moment. Uh, one uh, publisher that I think would be very interesting to get is, and it was mentioned in our group chat, we brought it up earlier, Level 5. I mean, you know, not the largest out there, but uh, they got some interesting IP, like Nino Kuni just came onto Game Pass not too long ago, and uh, it's been having some pretty good reception. Uh, I think they do the Professor Layton games, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, also known for Dark Cloud. There's there's a few different things, White Knight Chronicles and so on. Just, I don't know, that's one that I would keep my eye on personally. Again, I don't know their valuation, guys, so don't quote me on that, but I just think level 5 would be an interesting get for them as well. As, as far as I... I know level 5 is privately held. Oh, um, okay. And I know that. Sega, as far as I can tell, their market cap is $3 billion USD. Um... Yeah, it looks like their market cap is three billion USD. So you're talking about a four to five billion dollar acquisition. So it'd probably be smaller than the uh, Bethesda. Um, okay. Bethesda deal. Hmm. Yeah. Um. But again, it would be it, it would be probably as difficult as Activision Blizzard. Um. Just to get it through the Japanese government, because it's not like it's one studio. It is a large publicly traded Japanese company that makes up a significant portion i mean makes up a significant portion of their entertainment um market in 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 japan um and they 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 are very protective of their um their the their technology companies whether it's gaming or defense or what what have you because it it is something that they have that the rest of the world wants and it gives them a competitive technological edge in the information era so I, I wouldn't be shocked if it is a very difficult acquisition. Um, it could happen. I'm not going to say it won't. I'm not going to say they, they won't fight for it. I just personally am the pessimist in this case. You a pessimist never, Crusader. I know, right? <laughs> uh, actually, interesting comment in the chat. Uh, if... Do you think if Xbox were to attempt to do that, or Microsoft, that uh, Sony would try and block it, a la no. Activision? No. <laughs> um, I, I, the only reason they're trying to block the Activision, and they're not. You'll notice that none of PlayStation's arguments about the Activision Blizzard deal actually mm -hmm. focus on Activision Blizzard. They focus specifically on Call of Duty because Call of Duty is their biggest money maker, right? They're not even. You'll you'll notice that their language, until very recently, and even still. It, it's it's they're not even trying to necessarily move to block it. They are trying to get a good consent decree as powerful as possible, right? And I I don't I don't see them doing the same thing. With, they they just haven't done enough with Sega lately. I think they would do it if they were trying to buy Square Enix, right? Because Square Enix has made up a large portion of PlayStation's exclusive offerings right not not just their marketplace but exclusive offerings that play, like playstation has tried to make it like this is why you should get a playstation right they've they've teamed up with them for final fantasy so like i definitely don't see i would definitely see a fight over square enix right a big one and you know there could be a fight over sega sammy but i don't think it would be necessarily a playstation moves to try to block them like they would move to try to counter bid they have the money where they could counter bid for for sega sammy um 
they, they could take out the loans and that would be a compelling offer in the japanese space because you have a japanese company sony is playstation itself is headquartered in san mateo but um sony as a company is is uh headquartered in tokyo so it would be a compelling counter offer and they could easily raise the loans to do it so i, I wouldn't see them so much move to block as maybe move to counter to counter offer in that case okay all right that's uh an interesting take yeah i could see that i could see that um guys any other uh thoughts on this uh centurion shockley anything else to add or uh can we move on here no i think that's pretty much it <laughs> all right sounds good guys i mean we could go down this rabbit hole for a while i mean you know who who's microsoft <laughs> gonna buy and so on but uh you know i i think there are a couple of standouts uh you know I think we all, that we all have in mind. I'm pretty sure the chat would chime in on that too, as they have been uh, during the show. But uh, it's going to be interesting, especially uh, whenever the Activision deal goes through. I think Xbox. I don't know. I mean, they've been surprising me. I didn't think that they would go for a, uh, Bethesda, but Zenimax as a whole. I didn't think that they would go for Activision Blizzard. Who knows? Who knows who they'll go after next? I mean, I could see a bunch of smaller studios like a Platinum and a few others, but or White Owl, like really tiny, but or Expand Tango. But uh, again, I don't count them out of anything anymore. Sega would be great and a few others, but that's just me. All right, uh, guys in the chat and everyone listening, uh, again, thank you all for being here. If you're enjoying the conversation, then uh, please smash that like button and uh, sub to the channel if you're new here. Again, we like seeing the new faces, and uh, we'd love for you to stick around. And, uh, yeah, also, guys, share this out. Let everybody know that we are live. All right, uh, and uh, let's see. We got more news from the past week, and uh, oh, yes, uh, I'm pretty sure you're all going to love this. Google recently announced that it is shutting down the Stadia game streaming uh, service and system, like the console itself, on January 18th, 2023, so only a couple of months away. Wow. Um, the hardware and games will seemingly be refunded, which, I mean, hey, that's a good thing, right? But... Uh, you know, a lot of people are not too happy about this. I saw some devs, a lot of developers uh, just taken back. But, uh, yeah, let's go straight into this. Um, Centurion, buddy, I think I'll hit you up first on this one. Uh, what do you think of uh, Google's announcement about the uh, Stadia services just shutting down? I mean, I guess we shouldn't be too surprised here, considering that they shut down first-party development not too long ago. But uh, I think this took some by surprise anyways. My comment is wah, wah, wah. No, I'm not trying to be that mean, but, dude, <laughs> I, it, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be an ass, but if you were a developer and you were making for Stadia and you're going to claim this came out of left field, you must not have internet access because, again, I'm not trying to be mean, but like you said, they shut down first-party studio content right off the rip. Um, they actually dissolved a really good studio, Typhoon Studios, responsible for um, Journey Journey to the Savage Planet. Yep. Am I getting that one right? Yes, yep. and okay. you love that game. Yes, I still need to play their D DLC, Hot Garbage. And that's what it's actually called, Hot Garbage. But I, I have it. I need to play it. 
but yeah, it was actually a very fun game. Uh, very, very unique. I enjoyed playing it. And it when I heard that Google bought them out, I was like, well, great. I might end up having to check out what they do over on Stadia. And then they're like, well, we're starting off stopping all first per first uh, party studio content creation for gaming so guess what yeah there, there goes typhoon studios shut door axe them they're done and they were an emerging studio it, it was actually kind of very bs in my opinion that that happened to typhoon um and i mean we should have seen um like i you know phil harrison coming up on that stage that one day going oh yeah you know it's gonna function like this it's gonna have you know one, you know, Google, I'm not Google, YouTube uh, connectivity where it's going to stream right to YouTube, all uh, YouTube integration. Uh, they made all these promises that never crossed the finish line. Uh, they launched a game, uh, Stadia launched without the ability to even purchase games on the store. You had, like, from Stadia, you had to either log on to your computer and purchase games from Stadia there, or you had to get your phone out to do it. Um, they just had a lot of uh, issues when it came to launching Stadia. Um, the only good thing that I have heard about Stadia was just how flawless a lot of the games played. Um, the, I've heard a lot of, because I never played Stadia, but I heard a lot of people that I watch on YouTube talking about how Stadia actually functioned better uh, than xCloud. Uh, the games had a lot less lag. There were a lot more, they were a lot more fluid and stable. Um, but that was like the only really good thing that I heard from people that had Stadia. I mean, I have uh, a friend, Mast Mayhem, who bought, I believe, two of the, uh, the, oh my God, what was the kit that they launched with? It came with a controller and all sorts of other stuff. It came with like a controller and Chromecast. Um, it was like some kind of launch kit. He got two of them to check out Stadia, and even he was a little unimpressed. Um, and that's where um, I feel bad for the developers in this situation that were crafting for them. Uh, because, I mean, like I said, you should have seen it coming, but at the same time, Google should have at least been communicating. Uh, Google has pretty much... You know, I'm not trying to be blunt, but I mean, they've been lying to their developers. They've been lying to the consumer. Everybody said, like, everybody came out and said that, no, we're not shutting down Stadia. It's fine. Uh, they've been uh, promising all this stuff to these developers. And then from some of the rumors we're hearing, uh, so, like, literally, some developers found out uh, from a lot of the developers and even people at Stadia that were part of the project found out from news articles and stuff on YouTube and all basically the places you shouldn't hear that your job is coming to an end. Uh, they're finding out from these back, these back end means because uh, Google didn't flat out tell them from what I've read. Uh, Google told the people they needed to three hours before it went public. Um, it's really, it really stinks that literally a lot of developers are going to get burned out of this deal. And, Google is going to continue being Google. Um, but I think it's also really ironic that Google didn't stick with this. You know, they've tried to come out and say that because, you know, the minute Xbox said they were buying Bethesda, uh, the rumor is that, you know, the team over at Google was like, all right, we need to start, you know, ramping down Microsoft One. They got Bethesda. No, the gaming, the gaming market is much larger than that. They had something unique.
uh, with being able to do game streaming um, and the fact that they just threw the talent very quickly. And what makes that whole situation ironic is they have this really interesting uh, platform called YouTube. Hey, look, we're on it right now. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the key thing about being a content creator on YouTube? You got to stick with it. You got to keep releasing content. You got to be consistent and you just can't throw the towel in just because you don't get the views you're looking for, or the reactions you're looking for, or the criticism. For some reason, YouTube does not like they're a bunch of hypocrites. They can't do that. They ax a lot of things. As a matter of fact, there's a website out there called um, Killed by Google, which tracks all the projects that Google has created and killed off. And if you look at some of these projects, you can't really say that, you know, like, oh, because of the Bethesda purchase in Microsoft, Google didn't have a chance. No, Google's known for starting projects that they don't get across the finish line and they just ax them very quickly. It's like they're, an ex you know, the term of an eccentric millionaire. They just spend money willy-nilly, not giving an F about what they do with this money, and they have no problem wasting it on top of that. Um, now the only silver lining is at least they're refunding these games and hardware, but I've also seen people that like, um, I guess there's one individual that invested like 6,000 hours or something like that into mm. red dead redemption two. Yeah. And now he's, um, like trying to like hit them up on social media to get them to find some way of creating a, a game transfer system that would basically allow him to transfer his saves to whatever, like to steam or something like that. Um, so this is going to be a very interesting time going forward with what is going on with stadia. Um, and it also leaves a black eye to the concept of DRM digital retail, you know, buying games digitally and, and feeling like you own something with a digital license when honestly this is just adding to the situation of do you truly truly own it because when these companies decide to say you know screw it we're shutting the doors you know again cool you got your money back but what about all that time and effort wasted on some of these games that you're not going to be able to transfer your save files i mean i'm curious to what other people on the panel are going to say about this situation because i've been listening to a lot of different takes in the community on this whole situation and it just like it just seems really crappy that this is the direction that Google decided to go. They didn't give these developers a chance to kind of a way to like pivot and continue releasing these games elsewhere or being able to sink money into releasing it on a different platform. It, it, this came completely out of left field for a lot of people. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I saw a few developers chime in you know, a few hours after the fact, and they're like, well, you know, we're releasing a, a game on uh, Google Stadia within the month, and we have, we had no idea, you know, no, no clue whatsoever. So, yeah, the CEO of No More Robot says they have a game coming out in November, and they're afraid they're not even getting paid for it. Yeah, yeah and that, that's the situation, like, I believe I know that that's one of the developers I read about. It might be the one that made the comment of, I guess so this is the way um, Google would pay for some of these games is you would get pay you would get reimbursed based on play hours on Google Plus or whatever their version of the subscription service was um and basically for however many hours of play that people put into the game on the subscription service they would get a a paycheck as a result of that 
And this developer actually came out and said that with this paycheck, he could have recovered all his development yep. costs. And because this is no longer like nobody's going to go and subscribe to something that's going to shut the doors literally three months from now. No one's going to go. Yeah. No one's going to buy a game on a system that's going to like shut the doors three months from now. They literally just nixed this dude's source of income for his entire company. And now he needs to figure out what direction he's going to go and how he's going to be able to recover from this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and it's sad to see because you think that they would be a little more transparent, but, you know, I hate to say it, but sometimes just that's just how it goes um, with these kinds of things. Uh, but to me, I mean, you know, I, I saw the writing on the wall when, uh, again, when they were shutting down their first party studios. So, you know, they didn't have really have much stake in the game. I mean, I just, I, I really can't explain it. You know, they just really don't stick with, uh, you know, some of these products are there is very long. I mean, you think that with all they invested into the stadia that they would have stuck around with it for at least a generation, but not even that, not even that it just came and gone. We, you lasted longer. <laughs> I do, as, yeah. Well, as I, I think the, I think the Microsoft Zune lasted longer. Oh boy! Now there's a reference. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what, that's what I'm just saying. Like I'm very shocked that that's why I use the term eccentric millionaire because I mean literally that's millions and millions and millions of dollars just basically flushed down the toilet and the the you know Phil Harrison and the rest of the guys over at Google are like, yeah, oh well. I think, uh, the, I think the end gauge lasted longer. Shoot. Hmm. Phil Harrison. Nokia engage. Yeah, that's right. That I mean, I had to process that for a second, Eric. But uh, yeah, I, I remember that. <laughs> Actually, Ouya had longer. Support. Yeah, I was gonna say Ouya too. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. To play phone games I mean, on your TV. <laughs> Soldier Boy had more. You stayed oh stuck it out God. longer. <laughs> wow. We're gonna bring up Soldier Boy. <laughs> oh no! The Soldier Console. Oh yes. <laughs> Man, I always wanted to try that Google Glass, but you know they gave that up too. Yep. Yeah, they gave up a lot of freaking things. It's like we're almost to the future. Like that would have been kind of sick to have. You know all that all basically what you would see in like you know sci-fi movies where you have like all of your media content right at your like iris. That, to and me, it still... reminded me more of uh, Mass Effect, like when you like here's a reference for Crusader, like mm -hmm. with Garrus walking around that eyepiece yeah. that was always shown in yeah. beta. To me, that's what I was like, dude, that's Google Glass right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Eric, I mean, you know, since you're chiming in here, what are your thoughts about uh, Google shutting down the service? Because, I mean, you know, you just listed off a couple of uh, consoles and pieces of tech that, uh, again, they didn't last for very long. Uh, Stadia just, you know, it's just uh, going to become a, a small memory for people at this point. Uh, you know, what do you think uh, about the announcement? Yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks. Like, I mean, we've kind of been seeing this go this route, obviously, since they kind of, like, started to shut down, like, overall their, like, production or studios. But, yeah, it's kind of sad to see any anybody have to like you know start looking for a new place to work or you know 
have their stuff they've been working on shut down. So that sucks. But yeah, hopefully I'll, you know, land on their feet or, you know, with the, I'm sure Microsoft still needs more people to build up their uh, cloud services or games that they have an idea of. And there's a lot more developers making those types of games now. Obviously, with like, uh, well, what we think with uh, Kojima, the game he's trying to develop. So I'm sure there's many more publishers that are kind of going that right route, thinking of games that they can make that are more like cloud-based. Um, so hopefully, there's a market for that, and you know, they land on their feet. But yeah, kind of sucks. But uh, I mean, we've kind of been seeing this coming. I think most of us thought the second they had the uh, Stadia presentation, it seemed cool from that first presentation of like, hey, they can, they're making this seamless and it's this jump to going from your PC to your, to your browser. It's like, oh shit, if they, if they pull this off, this, this might rival what Microsoft's doing. But then in, in, uh, actual action, it didn't seem like it was that seamless. <laughs> um, and then they just, and they just bowed out super early. Like, I don't even think they even really gave it a real try. Like, they could have, you know, got some heavy hitters. They could have got, like, a Bethesda when Bethesda was looking for a buyer. Um, like, they could have been right there and bidding with, you know, Microsoft or done it before Microsoft, you know, did it. Um, or, heck, imagine if they, uh, Activision, if they had just stuck it out even longer or started later, and then they could have just got in and, you know, swooped in and, you know, took Activision. Like, imagine that. And they have you buy those games with, like, Stadia. Like, they could. But I'm <laughs> that, just would, so... that would be the way to end right there. But... I'm just so puzzled by Google, though, because, you know, things were starting to look pretty decent for them. Like, how they were building, uh, again, uh, Typhoon Studios, Journey to the Savage Planet. They looked like they were a good get. Uh, you know, I played. I didn't finish Journey to the uh, uh, to the Savage Planet, but I played through a, a large portion of it, and it, it was a very fun game, as uh, Centurion can attest. Uh, they had Jade Raymond working internally for them, as well as uh, a few others. Uh, they, they were doing some interesting things, and then, yeah, I mean, you're telling me, you know, Microsoft makes this big acquisition of uh, ZeniMax Studios, and that was the nail in the coffin for them? It's like... I don't know. I just like they didn't have the stone. Like they knew that was, like they knew they were gonna have a heavy competitor with Microsoft because they already knew that like that was already a project. So, um, but yeah, I mean, they didn't look what Microsoft did when they first jumped into the actual like gaming like console market, like the studios they bought up, but also the partnerships with Sega and stuff like that. They didn't do any of this, so it's like. Yeah, like mm-hmm. they could have found a up and coming, you know the what the that old Dead Space devs that went and made uh, was it Callist- Callisto Protocol? Like yeah. you could have found game or found studios that are up and comers. Uh, buyout. Uh, what's you, what do you call it? Uh, from EA that uh, makes Apex Legends? They because EA had just recently acquired them, but mm-hmm. they actually like actually buy them out. Google could have just gone in there and done that. Like they could have, like, hey, here's a sh- shit ton of money. EA hasn't, you know, made that offer to you yet. They're coming to work for us, well, and I- you're already making games that are kind of fitting 
our mold. Mm-hmm. It, I, I know they had a couple of deals. <laughs> I know they had a couple yeah. of deals like uh, the quarry, I think, was supposed to be a yes. uh, a Stadia title. But then, yeah, who was it? Take two got it as soon as. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So was um High on Life. Oh, High on Life was another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I did not realize that. Yeah. That's where they should have went for big heavy hitters, like a respawn, like something like that, where you had, obviously, Bungie wasn't Bungie when Microsoft acquired him, but still, that was just one of very many, um, you know, publisher studios that they went and, and bought, um, and then also published a lot of, like, Sega's content, which was still big at the time. I think that's when they announced Stadium. Like, okay, what what are your exclusives? And sure, they had like a few things, but it was like they were more like, hey, those are more like games that you, hey, those games came to Game Pass this week. Okay, cool, maybe I'll check them out. That's what they were. They weren't, holy shit, you got Halo that's revolutionizing the whole console multiplayer shooter market. Like, you need a heavy hitter. Like, that's why. Xbox is where it is today is because you had that where people it was all over um, mm-hmm. electronic gaming monthly where they had 16 players all in a grouped in a room playing Halo. Well, not only you know that, people, not, yeah, not only that, Eric. I mean, like, okay, they 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 were very sparse when it came to any any exclusives, but then they were getting titles that were like from last generation onto the platform yeah. like we're talking about like eight nine year old uh, games and it was like you know I, I not that i would not that i don't mind you know playing older games but like they weren't yeah. really being competitive getting new titles period so. it's like ps it's like ps now or sony wanting ps now to be to compete with game pass when they like before they did what they just did with ps plus but trying to compete with uh, Game Pass by having a bunch of all these old titles. Yeah, look, all these has 800 games. Cool. How, how old are all those games? <laughs> how fresh is that library? Not very fresh. So it's... And then on top of that, they totally screwed over the actual investors, like the early adopters, and that actually spent the money for it to be the first people to have their you know, specific gamer tag, username, whatever. And those people were getting their package later than people that didn't pre-order it so it was just a whole mm-hmm. you know mess at the at the release or the launch mm-hmm. no i agreed a real big uh crap storm to say the least uh crusader but uh you probably got some uh thoughts on this one like you know i yeah. mean the writing was well, on the wall here but uh, yeah no please go ahead yeah i, I didn't expect stadia to live i expected google to treat the people the developers that were on it better though i probably shouldn't have after how they treated the developer from um terraria when he was locked out of his google account for like over a month and he was supposed to be making and like you need that for the developer kit for stadia and he kept reaching out to them and they just didn't respond to unlock his account and so he just broke ties with them completely and said he would never work with uh, google again so like yeah probably you know the fact that they developers who are bringing i mean terraria is not an individually expensive game but terraria is a very popular game right like it is one of the best selling games of all time um and the fact that like they weren't giving that dev the time of day that he the basic time of day that he deserved right like 
he deserves a lot, but like they, they weren't even giving him like the basic anything that like literally anyone deserves. And uh, you know, I I'm not shocked that they they did this to people. It's awful, right? That like indie publishers who are bringing their games there for the uh to Stadia just didn't find out at all. Bungie didn't know until the day of, right? Bungie found out when we did. Studio of over 800 people owned by PlayStation didn't know. And now they're scrambling to try and figure out what to do with their players. Now, progression with at least with Bungie is, is saved with your Bungie account, but it's it's saved on your primary characters. So now they got to figure out how to transfer your Stadia characters over to um a different platform. At least this has been done before because they did it when they went from the, the Battle.net launcher to Steam and uh, everyone was migrated there. So at least Bungie has had a plan on how to handle this before. And hopefully they'll, they'll, they'll work that out for, for their customers. But I, I've always looked at Stadia and also Amazon's Luna as, at this time, an untenable business solution because they are streaming and streaming only, right? We don't see this with... Um, Game Pass Ultimate, you know, Game Pass Cloud Streaming, xCloud, whatever you want to call it. And we don't see it with uh, GeForce Now, um, NVIDIA's streaming service, mm -hmm. because they are, they can be streaming only. You can use them if you want to be only a streaming user. But they also act supplementally to basically anyone in, in the ecosystem, right? Like, I, I can use, uh, and I do use Game Pass Cloud Streaming when I don't want to get out of bed and I stream my games to my phone, right? But I then also have the choice to take that exact same game and have a native experience on my console, and I do. And I, that's how I prefer it. And so I, I look at the Luna model and I look at the Stadia model and I was like, this is doomed to fail at this time because this is a service in its infancy. When everyone works out the kinks, like the, the, the major platform holders or... You know, NVIDIA is not a major platform holder, but they are a major hardware maker, and they are doing it in such a way that it you play the games you own on Steam, and you can play them on natively on your own computer, or you could stream them if you're not in a situation where you can. And I, th that's the business model right now. That's the the tenable one, the the one that can actually work. And they they have you have to prove to the world that streaming itself can work and can be a native experience and for Google to do that they'd have to they they have they have to have the best technology in the industry for it and they really did you know Stadia streaming was really top notch uh, but it wasn't perfect it wasn't it was not a native experience and it really wasn't even close to a native experience and that that's a problem when you're trying to make this a replacement as opposed to a replacement or a supplemental feature. And I, I just, I see the, the same thing happening to Amazon's Luna. Now, luckily, Amazon is partially doing that, right? But Amazon's internal studios and their, their publishing units, they are publishing stuff natively on PC at the same time, like Lost Ark. And I cannot think of the other one that was like an ARPG, MMO, Diablo-style game that just came out. Lost Ark was one of them, and they... They ported the other game and brought it to the uh, to the West, the other the other MMO. Um, they 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 released them natively. Now you can play them on Luna completely, and that's what Amazon would prefer you do. But they they weren't they weren't investing entirely into it because they know that the space is not going to be what they truly want it to be for years, and it, it won't be for years. 
And, and Google had this expectation that they could come in and just be a, a, a player in a completely new way to play. And like th they could be just as big a player as Nintendo or PlayStation or Xbox. And they, they can't, you can't, you know, they're not, they're not going to, they're not just going to bring this new methodology of playing games and overnight it's going to be a success, right? Cloud gaming is not a rival to native play yet. It, it, I, I, I predict it will be one day and it, it will be right up there alongside consoles, you know, console, mobile, cloud, uh, you could probably put Nintendo in their own category and, and, and PC, but we're not there yet. Right, the technology is not there yet. It's close, but it's 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 still quite a few years out. Um, we need more data centers globally for for everything to run. So I look at this and I'm like, well, yeah, your business model didn't make any sense, and so of course you're failing. Um, and like, I, I just feel, I feel so bad for the indie, specifically the indie developers, for the for the Ubisofts of the world, the the rock stars of the world, even Bungie. Listen, like, it, this could happen with any platform at any time, right? You could get kicked off their store, and I, I don't, I don't feel as bad for you guys because they, they have the, they have the money and the financial backing that they can, they can solve whatever problems arise for their users. If they don't solve them and users get mad, well, that's on them. But the indie developers who were investing a lot of time to develop for Google, who are suddenly now just kind of screwed and they're not going to get their money for all their hard work. And it, it's gonna could make them financially insolvent. Um, this sucks. This really sucks, right? Because Google Google did pay really well. They paid really really well for for games to come. They they would give upfront fees to port your game, and then from what I understand, they had one of the best payment models that, that Centurion brought up for the 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 hours spent. And developers really really liked the the money they were getting. But Google, for their business model, they got in the game far too early, and it, it, and they don't have the legs to change their business model and change course and actually figure out how to run a game platform. Amazon, I think Amazon will eventually make it. Their their business model is currently not sustainable, but I think they accept that. And uh, you know, with, with like GeForce Now, even PlayStation's PS Plus Premium and Game Pass Ultimate Cloud Streaming, they all have a significantly tighter business model, especially for a time period when you're trying to prove people it works. Because, well, you, you prove it to the people that are going to use it supplementally first, and then then you can get your dedicated streaming-only people. And Google just didn't want to do that. It just didn't... If they'd released their games natively and could kind of, like, offset, you know, sell everything natively first like Amazon's doing, then maybe they, they would have lasted longer, but they, they just couldn't adapt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I just find it weird that like, you know, within a year of buying Typhoon Studio, it was just, you know, oh, we're closing you down yep. now. <laughs> oh man. No, I just, you know, it, it just makes you feel sick to your stomach. I mean, you know, that sucks. That really sucks. And uh for the developers that uh, are trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Um you know, I hope you, uh, you know, I wish you guys all the best, um, you know, with the issues there with the Stadia and Google. Um, hopefully they're better behind the scenes than they are with their PR at the moment. Um, I don't know, guys, any other comments before we move on? Because, you know, again, Stadia, you know, a very, 
I wish I could say short and sweet, but it wasn't very sweet at all. So just a very short period with this console. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll take that as we can move on. But uh, guys in the chat, everyone tuning in, if you're enjoying the conversation, hey, share it out and uh, hey, give us a you know a good thumbing, uh, give us a good uh, you know uh, a, a good like there. All right, please. Um, if you're enjoying the chat, and uh, yeah, guys, we will move on to our last bit of news for the night, and we've got to talk about some Halo and 343 Industries. Um, there is talk of the studio moving away from the Slipspace engine in favor of Unreal. As well, the rumored Battle Royale mode by Certain Affinity would be on it, if I'm not mistaken. Uh... You know, there's a lot of things going on here, a lot of moving uh, <laughs> moving things with these rumors. But uh, journalist and insider Jez Corden seems to have corroborated a bunch of things along with Halo content creator Sean W. Uh, Crusader, bud, what do you think of all this talk with uh, subspace and uh, new engine? We know changes are happening at 343 Industries, but, you know, would they ditch an engine that they put a lot of effort in to retool? So, from what I've been able to gather, I've been talking with, like, Jazz Corden publicly and privately, I've been talking with a bunch of people publicly and privately, that Microsoft is very unhappy with the state of 343 currently, and they, I don't want to say they were shaking up, right? Like, Bonnie Ross was set to leave, and I've heard that that may be for reasons other than they just don't, don't want her at 343 anymore, I've heard that there might be some other reasons behind that as well. Not, not even because they, they might want to move her somewhere else. Um, and I, I've heard that they are very, very, very unhappy with how Halo Infinite performed. And basically they have, they want to alter the entire course of what 343 is doing. Hmm. So, and I, I've also heard that they are very unhappy with the state of the engine and how impossibly difficult it is to actually develop for even though it's brand new and it's not really brand brand new it is it's essentially a new version of the tiger engine that they were on it's a modern version a very modern version but it's like going from unreal like three to four four to five right like it it is there's there's a lot of core there's a lot of overlap and things like that like they didn't I, from what I understand, it is not a from the ground up new engine, right? It is. Well, it's still the Blam mostly, engine, right? From Bungie. But, yeah, the, the, uh, I, I believe Bungie calls it the Tiger engine now, and that's what I refer to it as. Um, I don't actually know what the 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 name of it was before the split. What 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 did you say it was? I thought it was called the Blam engine, but I could be mistaken. Yeah, that, that could be it. I know that Bungie refers to their engine currently as Tiger, and I know that it is an offshoot of the of their engine from their time at Microsoft. So that, that if it's called the Blam engine, then that 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 checks. Um, so from what I understand, they are moving essentially away. They're going to support Halo Infinite until whatever the next thing is that's out. Right, like that, that's what I've heard that. Along with these rumors, and I can't verify anything, right? I'm not, I'm not out here. I'm not an insider. I speak to. There, there is no real such thing. But I, I do speak to people in my, uh, in my role as a moderator in R/Gaming leaks and rumors. 
I do speak to a lot of people to try and get as much information as we can and make corrections to posts and when we see rumors to try and either verify or debunk stuff and like we thought this was an easy one to debunk and it turns out that it was definitely not an easy one to debunk right there there's a lot of things that imply that that there is there is a massive shakeup within a halo happening originally uh, from what i understand halo the endless was supposed to be within the halo infinite um i don't want to say the game right I, i've heard that it was supposed to share assets with halo infinite Mm-hmm. And that it would be like a standalone experience, but they share the multiplayer. But I'm not sure that that's the case. I I, I don't believe it is. Um, I, I would assume that they are going to essentially soft reboot the franchise and everything but plot. Because people did like the plot of Halo Infinite. The plot was great. Um, but I, I've heard that it's going to be basically another soft reboot of, of the franchise coming up. They are moving... I, I've heard Unreal thrown around. I, I, there's been no confirmation if it's going to be Unreal. I believe Unreal was speculation by by um, uh, Sean W. Who, which the whole reason that I was very speculative and didn't believe this at first was because he was the one who's leaking. He's, he's been very, he, he's he's had got a lot of stuff right, but he often mixes in a lot of his own speculation into stuff, and it's very unclear as to what is the 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 rumor that he's posing versus what right. is his own speculation. Um, and I, I, to my knowledge, Unreal is a speculation at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is a understandable choice. I could also see them going with Intech. They own the Intech engine. I was about to we say. We know it works very well. We know it works very well with FPSs. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason that I could see them going with Unreal is there are also a lot of Unreal experts within their studios, and certain Affinity is an Unreal expert. They 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 work with Unreal a lot. So it wouldn't be shocking to me to hear that they're moving to Unreal and certain affinity is taking a much larger role. We know that they were taking a much larger role as of earlier this year. They formed a large they they quote deepened their partnership widely. And I, I would not be shocked if Project Tatanka is moved into whatever the next game is and we don't see it for a long time. A lot of people are gonna be very upset with that. I think that ultimately, while it's very upsetting to see that all of this has happened with Halo, that we could ultimately just get something we as fans more deserve down the line if everything is shaken up and basically they they start from unfortunately from scratch again because look at look at it's it's been a year and we have like no content in the game we're still missing features that were supposed to be out with launch and um so uh as much as it pains me to hear that all this crap is happening right that this probably is the correct play um and i thought i thought it was ridiculous because originally the original scope of tatanka was that it was supposed to plug into halo infinite's forge and it was supposed to look work alongside each other and right if it's being delayed out to 2024 or 2025 that appears that implies to me that this has changed and now instead of plugging into halo infinite it will plug into halo the endless right that that they are just shifting they are pushing this back that this this new mode back to a game that they are going to hope will actually be successful um and that that is likely likely what is happening here and it's probably for the best for everyone right because they're Halo Infinite did some cool things. There are a few cool things that I liked. I, I personally liked the the rebooted story. I liked the the campaign itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did a lot of things wrong. The, the multiplayer had a great sandbox. That's about all I can say that's good about the multiplayer, right? And I really, really hope that 
just something good comes out of it. Now, they could also be shifting the entirety of Infinite to Unreal. It would be absolutely ludicrous, but it's not impossible. It would take a lot of work. It would take a lot of uh, a lot of rewriting, and it would essentially just functionally be a completely different game when we get it. It would play the same, right? They would make it play the same, but it would, and that that would be years down the line. Maybe that's maybe that's a thing that's happening. It, it's unheard of, but like a lot of Halo Infinite's development is kind of just unheard of. So I, I, I wouldn't be shocked to hear more and more and more and more crazy news about this for the next while because it does definitely look like they are looking to massively shake up how Halo itself exists, what it is, and essentially what should have happened with Halo Infinite itself. Um, but we're now getting it now. That lately, you know, when I say now, I mean like it'll be the next one, which is so unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Crusader. Honestly, I was one of Halo Infinite's biggest <sighs> defenders. Like originally, when like the first um gameplay when they first revealed that i was like you know what it does look rough but i I really liked the art direction what they were going back to uh the story how uh, they were rebooting that with chief as the focus i mean i thought halo infinite did a lot of things right i i did a long long review on it when the game came out and i enjoyed it i really did but you know there there are issues with the game and Honestly, I, you know, I thought we would have had a lot more content at this point in time. So, you know, I just, I, right now I don't see a reason to go back to it. Actually, one of the big issues was I wanted to replay the missions, but they didn't even have that at launch or even right now. Yeah. So, you know, there's just things that should have been there at launch that just didn't make it in. It was just like, even uh, like, what was it? The, uh... The assassinations, for example, like there's a lot of things. There's a lot of things that haven't been talked about for a while with Halo Infinite, and it's just disappointing. Um, I think Tim, uh, you know, with what, what was it? Tim was always on about uh, ray tracing. I think, for example, like there's a yeah, whole the, bunch of the ray tracing things. hasn't been talked about since they announced their partnership with AMD back in 2020, 2021. I don't remember. It was it was before launch. It was way before launch. Yeah. Um, but they they announced the partnership with AMD to bring ray tracing to the game. We have not heard about it since they announced it. Who knows if that's going to happen? Yeah. No, that's a great question, along with many other things. Um, but again, like with Jeff kind of corroborating things, along with a few other people in the industry, it's uh, you know, I mean, it's it's sad to see but at the same time it's encouraging that to me it's encouraging that microsoft and xbox game studios is kind of like stepping in here and uh making these changes like it sounds like they're really trying to act very proactively so you know especially with uh what pierre heinz being in charge of the studio now and a few others like we had talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago um you know, it's too bad. Like, we'll have to wait and see what Tatanka is. And uh, I guess we'll see, wait and see how Forge is, too, when it comes in November. But, uh, you know, we definitely need more content. Halo of the Endless, I mean, if that does turn out to be a brand new game, it's probably not going to be until... Well, if they follow the standard schedule, maybe three years from now. But, again, we'll I've have... heard I've heard the target for everything that's being moved is 2025. Hmm. 
Well, I suppose if they... Because wasn't there a lot of cut content from Halo Infinite? So, it's not so much that there was cut content. It's that there was essentially many... I've heard them called fiefdoms set up within 343 that essentially they were all kind of developing different games at the same time. And that was part of the big problem of development. Essentially, one of them was eventually the one they went with and everything else was scrapped. Right, so when people say that like two thirds of the game was scrapped, it's not so much that it was just in the game; it's that they were functionally different games with different content, because the studio was not being managed well, and they were not working as one cohesive unit. Right, and this wasn't during like the prototyping phase; this was during active development. No one knew who was working with what on what, and there was just different things that got made, and um. So yeah, when they say that like two thirds of the content was cut, it's not so much that it was cut; it's that it, like it's literally just not what was chosen. Hmm. Yeah, I do. I was hearing that too. That's uh, sounds very weird. Um, let's see. Let's get someone else to chime in here. Centurion, buddy. I mean, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Um, I don't like. Obviously, you heard uh, Crusader and I just kind of chime in here about this whole Halo engine talk. I mean, we know. Obviously, you know, we've gone over the story with Halo Infinite and so on. They've had issues, apparently, with the engine. Actually, apparently, the lead on the engine's gone now. Jez was just corroborating that, too, today. Yeah. I don't think that was even a rumor. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he announced he was leaving. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I could have sworn I saw it somewhere, too, that we had reported on it. But I, I, I couldn't remember, personally. But, uh... But yeah, Centurion, what what are your thoughts on this um, with all these uh, things coming out about Halo Infinite? Like, do you think that they would switch their engine, judging by uh, some of the issues? Well, um, for starters, before we get into that question, um, I I was one. I at least said it on this show. I also said it on Gaming Beyond the Box that you know maybe it's time for them to have a, a start over period. Um, I didn't say that they should start over on Halo Infinite. I definitely said that maybe the Halo Infinite is a wash at this point and that it is just time to cut your losses and move on to a different Halo game and start start from scratch and try to rescue what you've created. But I guess if you have the money um, and the the sheer will to pull it off, I guess you could potentially want to try to... Ta- I can't think of another game where they switched the engine after the game had already been released. Um, does anybody know of a game? So Fortnite's moved Unreal versions. It went from Unreal 4 to 5. Well, that's, that's just upgrading the engine, not switching it. Kind of. I mean, it, if you were to go from 3 to 4, it would be completely switching. They they designed 5 in such a way that you could that it was, it was portable. Um, but that's the only one that even comes close to that concept that I can think of. Now... Now that I think it's interesting that you bring up Unreal Five, because at least in my mind, when the slip space, slip stream, whatever the the slip space engine was created, Unreal Engine Five, I'm pretty sure was already being like developed or was in the talks of being developed, but it really hadn't, you know, come to fruition. Um, and that's where. We saw they definitely made uh, this de- this this determination and decision to do the slip uh, 
the slip space engine. And so, I mean, when you're going to invest that kind of time and money, you don't want it to be wasted. But now that they've realized that the slip space engine um, definitely could be a big problem from what I'm hearing, um, it's hard to develop for. It's, like you said, built off of the original game engine for Halo uh, that Bungie was using, and they've just kind of added to it over the time, and it's become what it is now. We all know that Unreal Engine 5 is a game changer, not only for gaming, but also the movie industry. Um, it's actually starting to give Industrial Light and Magic a little bit of a run for their money on being able to create graphics for people for the, uh, the game, um, excuse me, the entertainment industry. I guess Unreal Engine 5 is so easy to develop for and so easy to use that at this point, that's probably why it's coming out to, or at least coming up in discussion that Microsoft would want to potentially use the Unreal Engine 5 to fix Halo. And that's because, you know, maybe that, you know, th at least this game engine is so advanced and has come to a point that maybe that this might be possible and, I mean, we saw what they did with the Matrix demo. Uh, we've seen a lot of good things about Unreal Engine 5. Unreal Engine 5 is getting a lot of tragic uh, traction in the gaming industry. And that's where, at least in my mind, I guess I wouldn't put it out as like, no, that's impossible. Because um, they have to do something to fix Halo Infinite and at least stabilize the game to get the game to where... I, I mean, let's face it, um, the game is not where the hardcore Halo community wants it to be. I am not part of that community, but from talking to people like Invader, Crusader, and other people in the community that are not happy with the state of Halo, I can at least say from the temperature of the room, 343 is effed up the Halo franchise. Um, and they need to do something to fix that and maybe... Unreal Engine 5 is the light at the end of the tunnel because they know that there's even a lot of developers right now in the Xbox, um, under the um, Xbox umbrella, like over at the Coalition, that have a lot of knowledge with Unreal Engine and Unreal Engine 5 because they even, I believe, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't they help out with the Matrix demo? Uh, yes. So... Microsoft has the has people that already work for them that are very very fluent in Unreal Engine 5. Um this is why I can't just totally dismiss this idea as like, you know, a pipe dream because you got to remember, Microsoft has the money, they have talent. Halo regretfully is a shit show, so they 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 have the time uh to fix it. Um, and, you know, it just comes down to are they just going to let Halo Infinite stay in the state that it is and move on to a different game, or are they going to make any kind of effort at all to fixing it? And if the slip space engine is the big hurdle to fixing it, then they probably are exploring the idea of moving to a different engine, and we all know that Unreal Engine 5 is a game changing of an engine right now so that would probably mean that would be the one they want to use at least that's my thoughts on it mm -hmm. yeah and it would be understandable too that they would want to switch to unreal although i mean again they have a couple of engines 
uh, in-house to under Xbox Game Studios. Now, id, like, uh, that id engine would be awesome. Like, look at Doom. Doom just runs so smoothly and looks so good. Um, probably missing a, a couple. There's so, it, like, They're on the top of my head, but... They have it. So under Bethesda, there's Creation, Id Tech, Void, which is an offshoot of Id Tech that's used by Arcane. And I think that Zenimax Online uses Unreal. Um... And then under Bethesda Games, or under Xbox Game Studios, they have uh, Slipspace, uh, Forza Tech, and then a lot of the studios use Unreal. And then Minecraft is not in an engine itself. It's, it's, it's a, It has its own rendering engine and everything custom to it. Um, yeah, and there's a, well, there's a lot of studios that use Unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, I, again, I it's understandable, though. Yeah. I, I at least want to point out that, you know, it is it's already been seen, done and documented uh, with uh, over at EA with the Frostbite engine on how they like to force feed that thing down every developer's throat that works for them. And then uh, Vince Zimpala came in and was like, oh, hell no, there, there ain't no way I'm going to do Jedi Fallen Order on Frostbite. And even he did that in Unreal. So we've seen at least the cinematic qualities that Unreal Engine can de- that can deliver to a gaming experience, and I just think that that would be more suitable for the Halo franchise uh, to have that more cinematic, clean-looking experience that Unreal can deliver. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I I liked the look of the Slip Space Engine, but it just again they were just having a lot of issues behind the scenes with it, so. Development wise, doesn't sound too good at all. Well, I just thought it looked pretty good, but that's just me. Well, we we can all name one game right now that uh, basically being forced to use the the wrong engine to develop that game, uh, bit it in the ass, um, and that was Anthem. Uh, ironically, <laughs> yeah. the Frostbite engine it was not it was not really meant for a looter shooter. Uh, we all saw the problems with that. I mean. The big issue that we could point out, the elephant in the room, was the problem of in Anthem, you could not hot swap your like your loot as you like if you found a gun in Anthem, you didn't even know you got a gun in Anthem for starters. You would literally have to wait till the end of the mission to see what your loot was. Where over on Destiny, if you find a damn engram that has a badass gun in it, you just put that thing into your inventory, load it up, and go. I mean it was just completely alien that for some reason in Anthem, you could not actively use your loot, at least when it first they, came out. They were, they still can't. I just played through the game. They were copying Destiny 1's systems where you had to go decrypt stuff at the Cryptarch. They were just making you, they just were decrypting it at the end of a mission. Um, and it didn't work in Destiny 1, and they changed it in Destiny 2, so that only there's only a select few items that have to do that. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda also suffered from being in Frostbite, and somehow Dragon Age Inquisition didn't, but even it showed Frostbite issues, right? Like, I mean, that game won Game of the Year, but, like, you, you, you can see that there's some rough stuff with Frostbite with it. And, uh, Andromeda, look at the animation. It's awful. I love Andromeda, but mm-hmm. I, like, it, it, there's a lot of stuff wrong with Andromeda. Um, God, yeah, Frostbite being shoved down people's throats is awful. Yeah. Very odd decision by EA. You know, just because you have a good engine doesn't mean it's going to transfer well to other genres. 
doesn't make much sense. Um, Shockley, buddy, I mean, I'd love to know your opinion on this. I know, you know, you play Halo 2 occasionally. Um, you know, the Slip Space Engine, you know, there's some rumors going on around here that uh, 343 might not be sticking with it. Uh, what are your thoughts here? Do you think... Uh, do you think if they're having uh, engine issues that they would switch over to Unreal or, hell, maybe even id? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe id, because, I mean, or maybe they just need further help from some of their other studios, like, I guess, like the Coalition, because I think uh, wasn't Unreal the first engine that they tried, and then that's why they made the Slip, slip, slip Space engine? No, nah, it was originally it was in the Halo 5 engine. Oh, okay. The, yeah, the, the older one. Oh, okay. I don't know where that was from. I thought they had tried, yeah, or tried on Unreal. Yeah, I thought I heard about that. that too, to be honest. I can look into uh, that. I, I haven't, but that, that, uh, that might be a thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's not working for them, or or it's, if it's making things more difficult, I mean, that would make sense, because it's not as streamlined. Like, you, you have, what, Unreal Engine for the most which was the most latest one up until I think the five that they just now people are starting to use, but like that was going for a long time and probably where it started to where, like where it was, you know, today for unreal engine four, you know, it's probably vastly different has, you know, updates are easier to use. Um, so things like that, if they're making their own slip space engine on top of developing the game at the same time, you know, that part, probably didn't make it any easier um and then if you run into complications well you don't have a whole team you know so if you have issues with unreal you might have a whole separate team or people to contract out you know that can help troubleshoot some of that whereas you can't really go out to like hey we need help uh, with our own engine <laughs> so you're kind of stuck there so you know that's probably slowed some of their development as well as just natural issues that they've had with doing the co-op and all that stuff, getting that to work in open world space that they've never, you know, touched before. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's good that they're, you know, if it's not working, you might as well stop, you know, banging your head against the wall and, you know, use ones that work. And now since they have id, who is really good, or like with their engine and just their tech in general, um, that might be, you know, somewhere to go, you know, go to, um, just to see if that would work better. Um, but I mean, they have so many <laughs> tools in their wheelhouse now. Um, so, I mean, they have, I mean, they could obviously, I mean, I would think they would have, when they tried to do Unreal, like, which I believe they did, um, they would have had expertise from the coalition. Um, so I don't know if that's going <laughs> to work, but maybe Unreal Engine 5 would be easier to use or, or yeah, try. You know, try to, it's, uh, I can see if that works out better, obviously. You know, you already have Doom, another first person shooter, you know, using that well. So, um, but yeah, I think they're, yeah, the next, uh, Halo game, yeah, being rumored as endless, obviously that's going to follow the storyline. So, um, hopefully that one is a continuation, not like, I, at least I think they're still going to do the, Ten year thing, I, at least the understanding of when they talked about that before. Well, because I thought it was going to be. I don't. Oh know. yeah, go ahead. 
No, I'm yeah, just saying, I, I don't, don't know. So. I don't think it's going to... I know they stated that, but they've said a lot of things, and they haven't stuck with it, so I, I don't think that... Like, they might do some updates, some minor updates mm -hmm. here and there, but, like... So there is wiggle room, but I'll be honest yeah. with you, with so many changes that are happening at the studio, mm -hmm. I, I just... I can't see them as sticking to their original game plan. I was no. hopeful, hopeful they oh, were going to build out over, like... 10 years i thought they were gonna the plan was to like piece by piece like you have this open world setting so you already have the first initial one and then you build out the rest of like right. the ring and yeah. then by the time you have 10 years you have this like actual open world giant ring that they kind of talked about like you know in their early visions of the game where you could just like go anywhere on this ring well but in 10 years you'd have that built out where it's this giant open world ring that we could have never imagined so that's what i thought they were going to do i mean they could still do something like that but I just to piece them all together <laughs> i think if they do i think they will at this point if they're mo if they're switching to a new engine for halo of the endless and, and everything i think that any expectation of the 10-year plan should be moved to that game not not yeah. not that infinite will continue it does that make sense like oh, at this yeah. point i think at this point i think that they're going to support Infinite until they're at their next project. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm yeah, I just get this feeling that things have really changed there now. And uh, I don't know, that whole 10-year plan that, that they talked about, I, 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 I yeah. 10-year plans are always a, <laughs> a good sign. First, uh, first Destiny, now Halo. It's, yeah, it's like... Yeah, I really yep. don't like it when they talk about, you know, such a, a great length length with a game or a project because, like, then it puts way too much expectation on the studio to deliver for that. And, re you know, realistically, you know, you know, just, like, really, who's going to stick around for a lot? There's only so many games that can really do that. And it also brings into the question, again, can Halo be a live service game? And so far, they haven't been able to do that. So. They just need to get that Forge going. And then yeah. the, the community will do, the like, just do naturally. Whatever. For, you know, creating content will, you know, even if they can't, you know, because there are only so many people at 343, even though as big as they are when you have a community of millions of people that can take forge as sophisticated as it's supposed to be and do crazy shit with it, they're going to make you endless content for your community. That's what they, they probably should have just straight out focused on that. Maybe getting that out first, even before co-op, just cause then that's building out, you know, endless, you know, content, just <laughs> keeping people happy. Like, oh, maybe get, let me all go, go uh, check this out because someone made this new, kind of like that's how we got, uh, I think, Infection was, you know, through Forge. So your community is going to do the work for you. So, <laughs> but. Well, that's been the frustrating thing, too, is that people have been making these modes even before Forge was, you know, officially revealed. Like, again, for a couple of months beforehand, um, people got their hands on it and they were making all these modes and maps and every you know everybody was just like well you know 343 show us something and they have and they're showing us uh, little by little now and i appreciate them doing that but it's like oh man if we had all these like if we had the like a bunch of 
pre-made forge maps and then like the community was to go nuts i'm just talking about at launch like we we wouldn't be talking as much about this but you know that we've been stale for modes and maps and a few other things it's just been really frustrating so yeah it's too bad they didn't have all these studios in place before this because then they wouldn't have had to mm-hmm. like they they kind of had to put halo out because think about it halo never halo infinite was still not out right and they were still hey we're not going to release it until it's finished can you imagine well, yeah, man but... it would be dry just think about how like we always say like xbox has no games but like legit like i not that it's still <laughs> there is still an issue but like imagine if halo wasn't there and so all you had this whole time was basically forza like they kind of had to put it out so yeah. and the single player was if you're just looking at sheer single player it was solid <laughs> just like you know but they they can't do that it's halo so people aren't going to give them that pass oh that the first the single player campaign was cool and you know fun to play no uh didn't have co-op didn't have forged multiplayer economy you know not not enough xp <laughs> you know i don't want to just play it just to play it i need to get xp if i'm going to play it. i can't just play it for you know for fun but so mm. they can't get a pass on all that stuff so unfortunately well, there's things they, like, you know, I don't rag on them for certain things, but there are things that, you know, I mean, again, I, I was I was promoting the whole split screen thing, for example. Like, I was doing the marketing for mm-hmm. them because I know a lot of people that, again, they got a wife or a husband, and they're yeah. like, oh, I can play with my, you know, my wife because, again, she's, a, you know, we can do co-op or whatever. And, you know, a few friends and so on. It's just like, you know, that, that's my a big thing. My roommate would play with me. I, like I, I know, one hundred percent would have sat down and played it on the TV that's sitting right next to me, right? He, he loves Halo, and I told him that it wasn't coming. He was like, "What? Well, sucks." Yeah. So again, not to drag on about that, but it's just, yeah. you know, there... just get out Forge and because yeah. look at look at a uh, GTA Five, complete shit show when that online launched, absolute train wreck. But look where it is now, because you have all this, you know crazy content it's like the what number pretty much highest selling game like ever so <laughs> uh guys anything else uh, to add to this before we uh start signing out okay all right guys i think uh on that note uh, we'll close off the uh, halo engine topic uh but uh you know it's just interesting again rumors leaks whatever you want to call them uh that seem to be corroborated that uh Again, just uh, very interesting. Very interesting overall. And uh, hopefully get more light shed on the situation there at 343 with uh, the engine. But uh, that about does it for tonight's show, guys. Uh, Fun stream overall as we went over uh, Google Stadia shutting down. uh, Big Xbox rumors regarding Japanese publishers and studios. And some gossip surrounding uh, possible engine changes at 343 Industries. Um, guys, if you enjoyed our collective dialogue tonight, then please consider leaving a like, sharing the show out, and subbing to the channel, as, hey, we would love you to permanently stick around here. You know, it's a pretty fun crew, and we have, uh, pretty good talks, I like to think, and a pretty great crowd each night. Thank you very much, guys. And, uh, again, sorry about the, uh, the audio at the beginning. I think we got it all worked out now, and I'll see if I can edit that after the show is done. 
Um, yeah, Timmy couldn't make it as well as General MLD. Uh, some issues on their end. Uh, but don't worry, guys. You'll see them on the next show. Uh, but with that said, let's get to uh, some panel outros here. Starting with Eric Shockley. Buddy, hey, loved your thoughts tonight. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, as always, you can find me at ShockNero on Twitter. Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, great show tonight. Um, and thanks for stopping by. Mm-hmm. Well said, buddy. Well said. Uh, moving on down here, Crusader. Buddy, again, uh, glad you can make it. I know that uh, you had a few brewskis uh, last night, but uh, oh. <laughs> but uh, you made it. You made it. Uh, but, yeah, you had a fantastic show, brother. Where can everybody follow you? Yeah, you know, you, you can follow me at Crusader3456 on every platform but Steam. On Steam, I'm Crusader, Lord of the Realm. It's the same as my uh, Twitter handle um but yeah you know great great conversations tonight um and do a shout out uh to my good friends we'll call them s and k uh great wedding so so happy for them um and yeah you know good show tonight Mm -hmm. yeah yeah shout out to your uh friends there i hope uh, they have a wonderful life together uh, let's see. And uh, Mr. Centurion, a man from Arizona. Good show tonight as well. Where can all these fine people follow you? Right. It was a great show tonight, gentlemen. A lot of awesome conversation. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Uh, like Invader said, please send a like and subscribe. He works hard to keep the lights on in this place. Um, for those interested in finding me and my content, just put up a new video this week, uh, Centurion1307 on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter. You could also find me here every Sunday night on TXR, and you could also find me every Wednesday on Gaming Beyond the Box. Mm-hmm. And before I sign out, I just noticed uh, Yobi, Dragonheart Yobi, with the $20 Super Chat. Buddy, thank you very much. You are too kind. We really appreciate that. And he says, great show. Thank you. Thank you very much, buddy. Um, again, we try and put on an awesome show for you guys all the time. Um, you know, obviously we focus on Xbox-related topics for the most part. But, you know, we, we talk about a whole bunch of other things from around the industry. And uh, I like to think we have a pretty good conversation that goes on. And you guys help it. You guys in the chat really do help bring out this show as well. And we appreciate every one of you. And, and that, that includes you, Yobi. Thank you very much. You're very generous with that super chat. Um... But yeah, just to round out the panel here, guys, um, of course, I'm Invader, and you guys can follow my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. I've been releasing some Deathloop achievement guides, trophy guides, so be sure to check them out if you're interested in uh, finding out some tips on that. Also, find me on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986. Fantastic show tonight, gentlemen, and we look forward to seeing you on here on the next one. Later.